the moment you've all been waiting for. Brandon Owens, Caleb Williams, and Eric Jeter present Cocky Nation, episode six. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I touched the microphone, but that's okay. Today, it is just me and Brandon, uh, despite the fact that I cut out Jared's intro from last episode and pasted it into this one. I think I'm going to leave that in as our new intro. I think that'll be good. Maybe we'll have Jared re-record it. Uh, but we have some good topics today. We are coming off what some people are saying is the biggest win in JSU history. Uh, whether or not I agree with that, we'll get into later. Um, which is Eastern Washington. Coming off that win, 49-45, I think was the score. I'm pretty bad at scoring, remembering the final scores. Now you had it correct. So we're going to talk about that game. Uh, we're going to preview the UNA game coming up this weekend. Uh, give some predictions, and then we'll give our Believe It or Not segment. And those are our main points today. So, Brandon, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Got to just, I mean, both of us just got out of rehearsal. So this is true. We're pretty tired, but this had to be done, and we enjoy doing it all the time. So We're making it. Yes, we're making definitely it. making it. Okay. Oh, wait, did you want to talk about football news first? Yes, we okay, need to we talk about football news. news. Well, actually, we also have um, baseball news as well. Do so, we? Mm-hmm. I don't know about this baseball news, so that's new to me. Um, I just found out about it. So, oh. and it doesn't pertain. It pertains to JSU, but doesn't pertain to JSU. More well, about don't the leave conference. Me in suspense. Okay. What is it? All right. So I'll do the baseball news first. So Huntsville is getting a new baseball team called the Rocket City Trash Pandas. Love it. it it's growing on me. I didn't like it at first, but it's growing on I've me. I've always loved it. Um, so they're building a new baseball stadium. So one of the things that they're thinking about doing for the 2021 season for college baseball is move the OVC baseball tournament to Huntsville. No way! Mm-hmm. And I'm from Huntsville, so I'll be out of school. Um, so I'll be able to... Well, actually, I'll be teaching by then, so... But I'll have a I'll have a weekend free to where I can go and possibly watch the Gamecocks wow. play in Huntsville if it gets moved. That'd be fun. Yeah, it would. That'd be awesome. All right. So moving on to football news, JSU adds Florida International for September fifth, twenty twenty. Ooh. Very winnable game. Uh, FIU is in uh, Conference USA. They're at the bottom of the conference. Um, I like this. I like I like the ad. It completed our uh, season for next year for games, so I really like this. Um, I was talking to a few people about possibly making the trip down and seeing if I could swing it for uh, while I was student teaching. But after talking to some people, it pro- I probably will not be able to fly down the day before and be able to go to that game. So. I'll just have to watch it from home. Yeah. That'd be fun, though. What was the date? September 5th, 2020. And Southerners always goes to FBS games, so Southerners will be taking on Miami. Wow. Wow. That's, uh, kind, I'm glad I'm marching again. Kind of jealous. Let's go. Kind of jealous. <laughs> Southerners take Miami. 
Let's do it. I don't know anything about FIU's program. So. All you need to know is they're terrible. Nice. We got it then. All right. I really want an FBS win. I Just do real too. Quick, I we really haven't had one win. since. I'm never going to stop talking about it. Ugh. I really wanted Georgia Tech a couple years ago um, in the Bryant Horn era of JSU football. But uh, as we all know, that did not happen. It did not happen. Um, other fo- in other football news, um, Greg Seitz, our athletic director, was named FCS Selection Committee Chairman. Good for him. Proud of him. So, I love him. I do too. He's, he's done great. He's done a lot of good for this program. He really has. How long has he been here? He's been here about the same time, same amount of time as Gross. Yeah. I think we, I think my freshman year we were under another athletic director and Sykes, Sites came in um, in 2015. I, I always thought he was here longer than that. He might have been a part of the athletic program. Yeah, but not the AD. But not the AD. Good for him. FCS Selection Committee Chairman. Big moves. Love Greg Sites. He's doing great things. That could be a good and bad thing for the OVC. You think? If he, if he ends up being like the previous chairman who was the athletic director at New Hampshire and snubbed Eastern Washington of getting into the playoffs and put New Hampshire in instead. I mean... I mean, this is a JSU podcast, and if there's going to be bias, it's going to fall towards JSU. So I'm okay with it. Yeah, there's some, <laughs> I posted this on the FCS Fans Nation page yesterday when I found out, and one of the comments was, this is not good news for the Missouri Valley Conference. And I was like, you don't necessarily know that, but at the same time, I see where you're coming from. But I will say this about Greg's, Greg's sites. He will be fair. I think so. And so whether that means putting the right teams in or giving like your top six conferences, this um, not the same amount of teams in, but more chances of, of it being a more level playing field which I don't think he'll do that. He'll stay more true to who deserves to be in. So. Sorry about that. Somebody in the hallway must have heard something real funny because they're laughing really loud outside. That is, for those of you that heard that, that is my roommate. He must have found something hilarious <laughs> while playing video games. So. But yeah, Greg Seitz, good guy. I remember actually watching... I don't remember which game it was, but it was during the college basketball tournament, like the big one, the big dance, March Madness. And Greg Seitz was just like sitting courtside at some mm-hmm. some game. I can't remember which one it was, but was we were it, watching TV. Uh, the Louisville game. Yeah, and me and my brother watching it, and he goes, is that Greg Seitz? I was like, yeah, that is Greg Seitz. But yeah, congrats, Greg Seitz. I know you're excited about that. Yeah, and we... also, he's got a definitely listening for sure. Oh, yes. He's definitely listening. Hopefully. <laughs> um, we look forward to seeing that first uh, playoff top 10 ranking uh, halfway through the season. So we can't wait to see what, what you and the committee did. So, All right, so you want to move on to. Eastern Washington. Eastern Washington Review. Yes. yes. So final score, 49-45. Now, I just want to say, my predictions the past two weeks 
have been pretty dang good. What was your prediction last week? For this game? Yeah. 48-43, Gamecocks. My dad actually predicted the game on the way down, and he told my mom and my sister and everybody that was in the car with them, he said, JSU will win 49-45. Wow. Man, closer than me, but I was still pretty close. I'll take that. Uh, And then for the UTC game, I was really close, too. I don't remember what I picked, but I was pretty close. Mm -hmm. I think I'm leading the predictions now. You are. But after today, that might change. Who knows? We'll but. see. We'll see. I picked some good games. So, But for Eastern Washington, would you agree that Eastern Washington just dominated the entire game? I don't think I agree with that. I think... Hmm, I, I don't think either team dominated the whole game. No. I uh, think it was a fairly back-and-forth kind of game. It, Eastern Washington dominated early in the game. Mm-hmm. That's where they racked up a lot of their game stats. Yeah. And if you look at the stats, you would think Eastern Washington dominated the entire game and just let JSU run away with it at the end. Which So what was the score after the first quarter? After the first quarter? Yeah. 28-7. 28-7 after the first quarter. So let me do some quick math. 28-7. Hold on. That means that... JSU outscored EWU like 42 to 17 in the last three quarters. Is my math correct there? I'm whooping out the old cell phone. I'm doing it. I'm yes, doing you're it. correct. 49 minus. What was the score? 7. 7. 42. That... Nailed it so far. Yeah. 45 minus 28, 17. I have the biggest yeah. brain in the world. <laughs> so yeah, so based upon that, that's three quarters of the game right there. Mm-hmm. But going into the second quarter, you kind of saw the Gamecocks kind of kick it into gear a little bit. Yeah. Because um, they had two scores right off the bat. Well, not back-to-back, but I mean, they had two really good scores against um, Eastern Washington. Um I think if I had my yeah, that's correct because the score at halftime was thirty-five twenty-one, so they had two really really good scores um, after that. Yeah, and a lot of people really definitely counted us out right after kickoff because when they were kickoff, I wasn't even in the stands and I hear cheering and I turn around and I'm like, oh crap, yeah, this is gonna be a long game. People around me were like, all right, that's it, we should just go home. We lost. It's game over. And uh, I've expressed before, I am, like, a very optimistic person. Mm-hmm. Even if we were down by, like, five touchdowns going into the fourth quarter, I still would have been, like, statistically, there's a chance. So It's a slim chance. Yeah. But there's a chance. But, yeah, I never counted us out. Uh, I knew there was there's always that chance that we could come back. And you just, you just got to get lucky a couple times. Well, when we were down 28-7 in the first quarter I was I almost gave up hope almost and then JSU scored twice in the second quarter and I was like okay we're down by two touchdowns at half I think we can do this and then Eastern Washington scored right out of the gate on the third quarter I was like oh no but that was their last score until a field goal 
um, in the third quarter. Um, and I think it was a late field goal, too, because I think right after that we drove down to near the end zone and scored not long after the fourth quarter started. Yeah. So once that score happened in the fourth quarter, I um, I was like, okay, we're down by two, uh, two scores. We can do this. And I kept turning around to you every time we scored. Yeah. And I was like, we have to do this. We are too close. They are getting tired. We have to take advantage of this. And we did. Our offense had no problems. Yeah. I was really worried about our defense in that fourth quarter. I will say. Could they make the stops? And they did. There was a sequence where, like, we had two drop passes in a row, and that was a little frustrating. I can't remember the first pass to. One of them was to. First pass was to Pearson. Second second pass was to Barry. Yes. Which, two of our, the best hands, or the best pairs of hands, four of the best hands total (laughs) on the team. So, it was strange that they would drop. That might have been back to back. Yeah, they were, and it, it both of them were wide open. Yeah, it just hit them right in the hands. And both of them did not have a bad game. They had a bad quarter. Yeah, because the rest of the game, from what I understand, or from what I saw, it it was it was pretty okay with um, the throws that they had to them. It wasn't much, but I mean, short yardage is better than nothing. Yeah, so. But, yeah, after especially that Josh Pearson one, he just stuck out his hands and didn't even touch the ball. It went right through his hands. Yeah. Yeah. And if he caught it, we were going to score. Yeah. I was so frustrated. And that happened right in front of the band, too. And you saw all the band people get excited. And then when it went through his hands, everybody, it, everybody let out a uh, collective, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like... <laughs> And, you know, mistakes happen. I'll give him that mm-hmm. one. He's normally fantastic. So I'll give him that one. Um, big takeaways from the game. So early season concerns, offensive line, and what was I going to say? Oh, offensive line and drive, will to win. Those were my two of my big concerns after watching the Those C- were mine too. The Sela Nightmare. The offensive line did a lot of growing up. In two weeks, might weeks. I add. Yeah. Um, so props to them. Uh, props to O-line coach, and I'm assuming Gross, because he must have lit a fire underneath these boys somehow, because this was a different team. Oh, my Just gosh. Just like... This... I would be lying if I said that it this game didn't have a semifinals game feel easily the best college football oh game I've ever, I've ever been to let alone be a part of there was a slight moment where i felt what i felt in the same houston semifinal game wow and for a slight moment i was like okay we're actually doing really good we might have a shot at going to frisco and I'll, i had to remind myself it's early in the season brandon can't say that right now can't say it right now, but it was a very special night. It was very a very special, special night. Game. Had no voice. I had no voice after the first My throat floor. hurt the next day. Yeah. It hurt to speak. I could not sing. 
<laughs> I was watching Glee, rewatching Glee all day on Sunday, and I was trying to sing along to some of the songs. Why? And I why didn't. were you rewatching Glee all day on Sunday? Because I wanted to. Oh no, that's a negative for me. Um, but I could not sing. I I even talked to my family the next day to talk about the game, and they. Every single one of them told me to shut up and stop talking. I'm like, you know me better than that. That's not going to happen. Yeah. It was a very special game. Um, also, on top of band day, so we had a great performance after for post-game. Uh, it was it was a great day. I'm going to be honest. Day. After the intro, I don't remember any the rest of the performance. <laughs> Next thing I remember is standing in the final set in front of a standing ovation. Yeah. I was really struggling because uh, we get on the field and I'm really hyped up about this win. But we're supposed to be at least semi-professional walking onto the field and going to our first set. But I'm really hyped up and I'm really trying just to, not to freak out. Man, that was tough. Caleb, who is sadly not here with us today, um, he walked by me and I just stick my head out in front of him and he was like, I will gladly take this L. Because he picked Eastern Washington. Yeah, he did. He's been wrong about everything so far. Has he not? Yeah, for JSU he games. he picked JSU, and then he picked UTC, didn't he? Uh-huh. And then he picked... Eastern Washington. Man, we need him to keep picking against us. Yes, we do. We need him to pull the Lee Corso every single week. Absolutely. I'm even willing to not count JSU games in his prediction score if that will make him pick against us. <laughs> All right, so Cooper, even though it seemed like he had a good passing game, his completion rate was not good. It was very bad. I mean, 14 for 31, but out of those 14 receptions, he had 250 yards. Yeah. He almost broke 1,000 yards this game for the season. It, I'm, I'm actually pretty sure he did. He had 758 Yards. That would be enough if that's how much. Yeah, he broke a thousand. Yeah, in, in three, games. three games. Yeah, um, and then so, had eighteen carries for eighty-eight yards. I want to talk about his carries for a little bit. The game started to turn around when Zarek just like put the team on his back and just lowered his shoulder and started fighting for yards, which is great. That's cool, but. I might need it to stop. Yes. Because during the game, even maybe even during the first half, just he, when he runs, he doesn't like to slide. He likes to lower his shoulder into contact, and he's going to get hurt. So, like, there have been times that he's in the middle of the field. There were a few times, though, he had open green and, like, three, uh, three defenders that would have tackled him, and he'll slide. Yeah, there were times he slid, but he was lowering his shoulder into contact just in the middle of the field, close to the 50, when it's it's not like you're fighting for yardage on the goal line. Right. Know? When it's... I just don't want to see him get hurt. He, so. he, he also, towards the end, on plays that he could have passed to somebody, there was at least one receiver open that he could have passed to, and he just ran the ball. Awesome that he could read... Because some of those wide-open receivers had a defender in the area somewhere. Yeah. 
So, I mean, he had a ball hog mentality. But it was working. It, it was working. And when you're in the red zone, I'm fine with that. Uh-huh. I love it. My dad had an issue with him being a quote-unquote ball hog. And I'm like, Dad, you have to realize he had he was reading stuff that not a lot of people was seeing. And it took people till after the play was done to realize, oh, he made the right call. Yeah. I just don't want to see the guy get hurt. And if he I don't keeps either. lowering his shoulder into contact for two, three yards that, that don't matter in the grand scheme of things, right? it's going to start to be a problem for me. I want to see him slide in the middle of the field, and when we get in the red zone, you can start to take contact yeah. like that. If he gets hurt, I mean, I mean, let's be honest, That there goes our season. Because Zion Webb has almost no playing time this year. Yeah. And he had... A lot. Yeah, 18 carries? Is that how many it was? 18 carries for 88 That's yards. That's a lot of carries. Yes. So, yeah, we reached a point towards the end of the game where he was looking to run the ball and take contact, which I'm fine with when you got to do what you got to do, but I just don't want to see him get hurt. And he was running down the clock by doing that, too. Yeah. And, I mean, it was very evident on Eastern's last drive they didn't have – they had less than a minute to score. Yeah, exactly. I was actually scared we were going to score too quickly on on our last drive. Yeah, and then Cooper threw a few passes, and they either got out of bounds or they were first down. I it think slowed the clock down. The band actually started chanting, run the ball. At least in my area we did because we, uh, we were scared they were just going to – Score so fast, give Eastern Washington too much time to set up a drive and score. Because nobody trusted our defense. Yeah, I have never been so nervous than I was after we scored and we were on defense. Absolutely. And then Yul Gowdy comes up with that amazing game-ending interception. Man, that was... (laughs) That was crazy. That's there a moment so, I'm going to remember. There before. were a ton of people around me that they saw an interception happen when the ball was released, when Eric Berrier released the ball. Yeah. And everybody, they didn't yell it, but we all said at the same time, turn around. And he did, and he, he did. caught the ball. He snagged it. Oh, man. That was a special moment. Um,. Hester had a good night. Hester had a good night. Yeah. Um, we we knew this was going to be an offensive shootout. Uh, so we didn't, we didn't trust our defense. I'm sure Eastern Washington didn't trust their defense. Um, which made it a very nerve wracking game. Which made it a very exciting game. Yeah, uh, I love these games, but I hate them as well, especially participating in it. Yeah, it's, absolutely. I mean, they're good. my nerves were through the roof the entire the entire second half. Not even the first half, the second half. Every year, the Cox almost give me a heart attack at some point during the year. Um, yeah, Hester had a good game. Pearson had an all right game. Yeah, him and he Trey Berry both had that, that all drop, right game. That would have been a touchdown. That would have been very nice. Uh, three receptions for 53 yards, kind of low stats for him. Um, I'm trying to think of any other takeaways. Oh, oh, um, injuries. 
I want to talk about injuries for a little bit because Eastern Washington, it seemed like every other play we were sitting down in the stands because somebody was down either cramping or hurt or something. Yeah, um, a lot of their injuries looked like they were cramps. Yeah. But I just found out today, and I don't know if you saw the post or not, but Kyler Neal posted that one of their players actually had a foot injury, and he'll be out for three weeks. And he said there were some other players that um, were injured and wouldn't be out as long, but they took they took quite a big hit with they injuries did. this year and or this I game. And wondering why, because they had a well well above average amount of injuries that night and i get it's human but it's not as if the coaching staff was unaware it was going to be humid right you know i it whether it's a conditioning issue or somebody i think on the fcs page was saying it could be a flexibility issue like a mobility issue yeah um i will say it's not, that it's not like you can blame all injuries on poor coaching right you know? I will say this about JSU. You said flexibility. I can tell that our coaches worked a lot on flexibility, agility, and all that going into this game. Because we had a few of the same injuries, but definitely not as many. Yeah. And I wouldn't doubt that a good majority of those were just our players laying down on the ground to give our boys some rest. I was there was a couple times when I was like this this is just a water break injury where they're just laying down letting there was letting one the boys player, get water. There was one player, I don't know who it was, but he got knocked on the ground. I mean, not knocked on the ground, but I mean, he came off of a block and was on the ground and he just sat there with his hands between his legs and then he just laid back. I was like, bruh, come on, that's not an injury. Was that for us? Yes, that was one of our players. And that's a water break, but that's what that is. Good for him. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if I have any other big thoughts about that game. Gamecocks um, are back in the top ten because of this one yes. game. That okay, that is something I want to talk about real quick. So many people I've seen say, Oh, well you still can't rank JSU that high because they lost to Sela, and you can't ignore that, okay? If you believe that, which is something you believe, you absolutely have to rank Eastern Washington lower than JSU. They have no D1 wins, and by your logic, Eastern Washington lost to the team that lost to Sela. So if you have Eastern Washington above JSU, and you're saying that JSU should be ranked low because they lost to Sela, you're contradicting yourself, and that's dumb. Exactly. Here's my thoughts on that. JSU in my personal poll was ranked 16. Was Eastern, before this game. Before this game. Okay. Eastern Washington was ranked number two. Oh, I wow. Had them you had at, them that high? I had them at two. And after the loss, I dropped EWU down to 11. And move JSU up to 10. Selah is ranked, but because they did their game against Bethune-Cookman got canceled in week two, 
they didn't move in my poll for for after week two. Yeah. So they're they're in my top twenty five, but they haven't even cracked into the top twenty yet. Because yes, they played Ole Miss hard, and I did move them up a little bit. They were in my top twenty five after they beat JSU. But they didn't move because they had a game canceled. So, for those people saying that Sela should be a top ten team, I think absolutely that, not. I think they have the potential to be a top ten team. Maybe not right now. Absolutely though. not right now. It's just people who have personal biases are trying to take certain games out of and context. And people who hate JSU. While considering the context of other games. Like, and people that hate yeah, JSU. The the SELA game, it's more humid in Louisiana than it is here. Mm-hmm. Right? You could talk about the humidity. Um, you could give all sorts of excuses as to why JSU lost that game. Right? Um, but it comes down to poor preparation for that game. Yeah. Um, but the reality is, if we play SELA next week, we beat SELA. Mm-hmm. 100%. And I think everybody knows that. And they're choosing to take the first game um, out of context and saying that it's inexcusable that to lose to Sela and that's why we make it slow, while trying to consider context in this win we just had. They're going to say, oh, it was the humidity. Oh, they had injuries. Do you see what I'm saying mm-hmm. here? It's just personal biases, and it's bothering me. If you think that JSU should be ranked lower because of our loss to Sela then you have to have Eastern Washington lower than JSU in your poll. And there's a lot of people that have JSU either in the top 25 or if you have them in your top 20 or have them in the top 20 or if you have them in your top 25 and not in the top 20 from that 21 to 25 range, which there are a few people that do, you're crazy. Absolutely. You are absolutely crazy. I'm sorry if I piss a bunch of people off. I don't care. JSU uh, showed everybody that they are not defined by that first game. That first game was a fluke. And they deserve to be at least in the top 15. Yeah. If you don't have them in the top 10, then they should be in your top 15. Yeah, if JSU's not in your top 15, I just think you're wrong. I I really do. Uh, I don't. I don't care if anybody is upset about that. I just think that you're wrong if JSU's not in your top fifteen. Uh, that's all the thoughts I have on rankings and polls. I don't. I don't ever make a personal like poll. It's just not something I'm interested in doing and keeping up with all the time. Well, the only reason I do it is because I'm an FCS Fans Nation top ten poll voter. Yeah. So that's the reason why I have a personal poll. And to those of you that heard everything that we just said, you didn't like it, tough. Sorry. I'm simply, but simply you, I don't care. But you, I don't care what you think. You, It shows that you hate JSU. And call us biased if you want. I don't care. I've already but admitted JSU, how biased I am. But JSU deserves to be in the top, at least the top 15 after this win. Yes. 100%. 100%. And all of a sudden, after this win, everybody's saying, oh, Eastern Washington was, they were overhyped in the first place. They shouldn't have been even ranked that high. It's like, come on. No. Man. Come on, man. Eastern Washington will still be a good team this year. Yeah. Now, they won't be challenged at, for the rest of the season, except for 
Montana, maybe Sacramento State, depending on how Sac State does in the big sky. But, I mean, there's very few teams that Eastern Washington will be challenged by yeah. for the rest of the season. Which is not good for them. No, it is not. Which is not good for them. Because they're not going to have another opportunity to really prove themselves. Exactly. If you're not challenged. Uh, we're coming up on like 30 minutes, so I think it's about time to move on to... Unless you have final thoughts. I'm good to move on. Alright, so, so... UNA. You look very excited, so I'm going to let you go first. Alright, so I have experience with UNA. I auditioned for a music scholarship at UNA. Um, I got accepted into UNA. I only applied to JSU and UNA. So, yes, my joke earlier in the week is true. Which was... What do UNA and JSU fans have in common? They both applied to JSU. There you go. Um, But, yeah, I have experience with UNA. Um... A lot of people are not giving UNA the credit they, I wouldn't say deserve, but UNA has proven itself against some teams last year and this year, Um, and they're already writing UNA to be not good in Big South play, which I think is absolutely stupid. So why don't you really quick give a summary of UNA's play thus far? This season. Um, UNA, first week, beat Western Illinois, Missouri Valley Conference team. And then they went to Montana and played Montana well going into halftime. They led Montana 17-16, to and then Montana just stomped them in yeah. the second half. Um, and then UNA played their probably their biggest rival, Alabama A&M last week and lost in the fourth quarter. Rip. Um, Which I would say that game because they killed Alabama A&M last year. Um, Granted, A&M last year was a bad team. Um, A&M this year is definitely a lot better, but I think they possibly went into that game and just said, oh, it, we'll be able to stop them and score again and win. And so their defense let down their guard. That's what I think happened. That's what I I saw highlights recently. And that to me, that's what it seemed like happened. Um, so, but yeah, UNA, as far as JSU goes, um, ever since I've kept up with UNA football and JSU football. UNA's played JSU really close. It's an old rivalry game dating back to the Gulf South days in Division II. Um, Not only is it a football rivalry, but it's a band rivalry as well. Um, But yeah, UNA just always plays JSU close. Real close. Too close for comfort. Rivalry games are always like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So everybody might have JSU killing UNA this year or this week I don't think it's going to happen I think it's going to be a lot closer um, than what people think we'll save score predictions for a little bit later but I'm still trying to figure out my score prediction 
I have a range. I'm for predicting my score JSU to win. Because, yeah, you know, same same here. But I don't know how many times I got to say I am extremely biased, and uh, I will always pick JSU to win uh-huh. no matter the situation. So especially now that I actually think they're definitely going to win, I'm picking JSU. I think everybody knows JSU is going to win. It's just the different views on how JSU is going to win. Because JSU people who know this rivalry, old or current students, know it's going to be a close game because it's a rivalry game. Yeah. Everybody that's not associated with JSU thinks we're going to blow UNA out. UNA fans obviously think they that they're going to beat us. I'm sure they do. Bullcrap. Um, <laughs> I was talking to some people in the Pride of Dixie over there, and it's been fun trash talking with them. Oh, yeah. I'm um, sure. We're going to make and, some good signs, I think. Oh, yeah. Have some good and then, so, one of my friends, Austin Shelton, if you happen to listen to this, Austin, shout out to you. Worked band camp with him back home. What a guy. Love him. Uh, trumpet player, actually. Wow. He must be a terrible person, then. Surprisingly not. Wow. I'm a trumpet player, too, Austin, so I feel you, dog. Um, but, yeah, he and I were talking about the game and uh, trash-talking, uh, going back and forth, and he thinks UNA is going to beat JSU. And of I'm, course. I'm like, you're crazy. You're absolutely crazy. Yeah. Oh, boy. UNA. Yeah, you're much more familiar with UNA than I am. So. This is going to be a fun rivalry game. I'm glad it's being renewed. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the closer it is, the more of an actual rivalry it turns into. Mm-hmm. I still want that KSU rivalry. To be to official, happen. yeah. I really want it. I really want it. They tried to push it at the game. They were it's selling unofficially like, official. They were selling, like... Battle of the Border t-shirts or something at the mm-hmm. game. Which, I don't know. I feel like you should be a little closer to the border to have have it called the Battle of the Border. That's just me, though. Um, I really want that one to happen. But, hey, I'll, I'll take a UNA rivalry. I just want a true rivalry. Not the UTC rivalry. No. <laughs> I want, like, a true year-to-year rivalry. Well, that will most likely be UNA. Please. Give it to me. But yeah, that's all I gotta say about the game. Yeah, so. uh, I don't. I don't think I have any more to add. Do you want to go ahead and give your score prediction? Let's do that last. Oh, oh, we'll Let's do, do it the game predictions. last. That's a big no. We're stuff do, right no, there. we're doing the predictions now, but we're saving the JSU game for last. All right. So, first game we have is Mercer and Furman. Mercer and Furman. I know people that go to Mercer. You said this last week. I think I know somebody that goes to Furman. I know one guy who goes to Furman. He's on the football team. I think I played soccer with somebody in high school that that committed to Furman for soccer. Yeah, I don't personally know him. Um, he just followed me on Instagram out of the blue. And so, Tyler, uh, Tyler Volez, I think that's his name. I don't know. Did, but I, I the person uh, who committed to Furman for me, I, she was a girl. Kelsey was that her name? I don't remember. 
Shout out to Kelsey Weaver. Is Ty- that her name? I shouldn't name drop like this. Tyler Voilez. Tyler Voilez. Yeah. He's good friends with uh, Daniel David, at, uh, quarterback for Kennesaw State. Uh, um, so Danny Dave. I know I know him through Instagram, so Man, but what a popular I, guy. I'm honestly going to say this is gonna be a lot closer than what people think. Um Mercer played Austin P close last year or last yeah. week. Um until about the fourth quarter, and then Austin P ran away with it. Um again. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this every week, every year. Mercer is a playoff spoiler team in the SoCon. I am not a believer in Mercer. I'm simply not a believer. They're always finishing 5-6, and 6-5, six, six and five, about 500 in the conference. They spoil some people, some teams, like, chances of going to the playoffs. I'm just not a believer. I don't know. If Dubs was here, he would. Dubs is what we call Caleb sometimes for our listeners who mm-hmm. don't know him very well, because his last name is Williams. There's another Caleb, so we call him Dubs, right? That's your summary. So I'm gonna start calling Dubs from now on. Uh, if Dubs were here, he would say, "Well, Mercer almost beat Auburn that one year," which is not true. We've covered this is not yes. the case. It was like twenty-four to ten or something like that. But I'm gonna go Furman. I'm not giving a score, because I just don't know. Yeah, I'm not going to give a score. I'm actually going to go to the upset. I'm going to pick Mercer. Go for it. Um, Let me check the spread on that right quick. I might be able to give a score. No, I'll say if they're going to cover. But, yeah. I mean, this is going to be a good SoCon... Yeah, I'm surprised they're starting um, conference play this early. Yeah. So, but a lot of SoCon teams play SEC teams at the end of the year, so it only makes sense. I'm just not a believer. Ah, there's in not Mercer. a spread yet. Sorry, Mercer fans. I'm not a believer in your football program. You gotta prove me wrong. But yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go the upset in this one. All right, next one is Kennesaw State versus Missouri State. I don't even like hearing the words Kennesaw State. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. Kennesaw State, Missouri State. What do you think? Somebody is some heavy-footed person. Person, I'll say person. Is just running down the hallway. What is wrong with this building? I don't know. People are always clomping You stayed around. here last year, so... I did stay here last year, and you know what? Every single night, people stomp down the hallway. No, it, was, it wasn't as bad as uh, after the Eastern game. Was it people running around No, screaming? people were partying in the farthest room down nice. the hallway, closest to the gates yeah. of the stadium. Love it. What a great place to stay. A guy almost... I was doing laundry, and a guy almost fell on his butt walking out of the room. I was like, oh my god. Fear the beak. Um, But for Kennesaw, Missouri State, I'm going to go Kennesaw. I really It should be an easy win. This heavy-footed individual is back. They're 
their footsteps faded out. Yes. So, you're picking Kennesaw State. I'm picking Kennesaw. I really don't want to pick Kennesaw State, but I think I agree with you. That it should be an easy win for them? <sighs> I'm picking Kennesaw. Is it at... I think it's at Missouri State, though. Is it? I think so. Because mm. I think Missouri State came to Kennesaw last year. How far year. is that drive? I, well, they might fly. Who knows? Big 35,000 kid school, whatever they are, over at Kennesaw State. Yeah. They might have money. It's at Missouri State. I don't know. Maybe I'm still picking Kennesaw State. I think I am too. I think but it maybe it maybe. May I would love for them to not though. That'd be cool, right? Um, but yeah. All right, this is probably going to be the game of the week for the FCS this year or for this week. Hit me with it. UC Davis at North Dakota State. Ooh, that is going to be the game. What do you think? UC Davis at North Dakota State. <sighs> Am I going to do it? Am I going to pick against North Dakota State? I don't know. Are you? I really want to. I mean, I do too, but... But I also would like to keep my position as the leader of the prediction scoreboard. You give a prediction first. Um, I was listening to Tubbs at the Club today, um, and they had their Big Sky Network podcast, whatever it is. Uh, but it's a it's a group of guys within the Big Sky that do a podcast together, and they were saying that because UC Davis performed so poorly against San Diego and that Cal Poly just destroyed San Diego um, that UC Davis won't stand a chance at the Fargo Dome. I think they're right. I'm picking North Dakota State. I didn't think about it being at the Fargo Dome. I, here's the thing. I want UC Davis to win. Me too. And I'm going to be cheering the Aggies on for that upset win. But I have to go North Dakota State. Yeah, I think I'm going to take the smart pick and pick North Dakota State. As I, I'm going to cheer for UC Davis, though. I'm really going to cheer for UC Davis. All right, another good game. James Madison at UTC. James Madison. Simply. I'm going James Madison, but I'm going to be cheering the mocks on. I I simply don't want to cheer for the box. <laughs> it would be nice to have some uh, some people above JSU in the rankings knocked off so we can inch our way closer to that number one spot. I mean, yeah, it would. But come time for seeding, though... This is true. If JMU and you... If, well, NDSU will have a much better loss on their resume. Yeah. In UC Davis. But if James Madison has a UTC loss on their that is on their resume, they will fall out of the top ten, number one. And that loss will be a key component as to where they are ranked. Yeah. 
or seeded. I mean, kind I don't think they're going to lose. I'm gonna no, I don't, I, I don't think so either. But I'll root. I don't want to say I'm rooting for UTC. Oh, life You'll is keep hard. your eye on the game. Life is hard as a JSU fan, man. I don't want to root for UTC in anything. All right, next game, Tennessee Tech versus Western Illinois. Two programs that I don't know a whole lot about. Well, you do know that Tennessee Tech is usually at the bottom of the OVC. Yeah. They are currently 2-1 and one with wins against Samford. Excuse me. Bless you. Um, with wins against Samford and who was their first win against? I don't know. It was like a surprise lo- a surprise win because everybody they have a better record than EWU though. So they do, they do. <laughs> but they're still better than EWU is better than um, Tennessee Tech. Well, yeah. All right, hold on, right quick. Tennessee Tech schedule. No, that was the win that everybody was surprised about, was Samford. So they have a FCS win, a, a FBS loss, and a D2 win. So, I'm actually going... But there's still, still Tennessee Tech, though. I'm going Tennessee Tech in this one, actually. If I'm wrong, I will gladly say I'm wrong. I am going to go opposite of you. I'm going to pick against Tennessee Tech. Alright. Next game is probably the CAA game of the week. Villanova versus Towson. 3-0 Villanova against number 5 Towson. Towson actually um, had their quarterback, running back, their running back got injured in the main game. He tore his ACL and MCL. Man. So used to these EWU injuries where they cramp or they twist their ankle, but man tore his ACL and MCL. MCL. That's tough. That's a big boy injury. He is out for the season. In fairness, EWU did have a big injury. The week before they played us. They this had, is they very, had a big boy true. injury. Our game was full of a bunch of little boy injuries, though. Now, um, Towson had a very good showing against Maine last week. Yeah. Um, Villanova, though, hasn't played anybody. But they're 3-0. and Who have they played? Um, Colgate, who is 0-3. Um, St. Francis, I believe. It's a bunch of Patriot League and NEC teams. Um, did they win big? Against Colgate, they did. It was like 40-something to like barely 20 points. So, I, I, this is a tough one. Because Villanova looks like they're back to their power status record-wise, but because of who they've played, I mean, you would only figure that they would blow out those teams. Yeah. Yeah. They uh, beat Colgate 34-14, they beat Lehigh 38-10, and they beat Bucknell 
all of those are Patriot League or NEC teams. I want to say all of them are Patriot League. Yeah, all of them are Patriot League. And Colgate's 0-3, Lehigh is 0-3, and Bucknell is 0-3. Towson. That's my final answer. See, I don't know. Towson just lost their starting running back. And we have no idea how good the backup is. I'm, I'm going to stick with my guns, and I'm going to say Towson's going to take it. I'm going to say their backup running back has been waiting for this opportunity his whole life, and he's geared up, ready to go, and he's going to have an amazing breakout performance. This is all based on absolutely nothing, if that was unclear. Mm-hmm. But I'm choosing Towson. That's my pick. I'm going to go with Villanova in the upset. Villanova is waiting to get into the top 10, and this is the game, or not top 10, top 25, this is the game to do it. Towson is going to win. I'm going to be right again, because I have the biggest brain in the world. Easy. You're going to have the biggest biggest brain in the world. I already have the biggest brain in the world. That's why I'm winning in the prediction standings. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Sure it is. I'm over here crunching numbers 24-7. All right. Next game we have is Incarnate Word versus Sam Houston State. Now, Sam Houston lost to North Dakota. Not North Dakota State, North Dakota. For the second year in a row. Uh-huh. Um, and Incarnate Word beat Sam Houston last year and made the playoffs. Hmm. Let me turn my big brain powers on. I would just like to say, what what the hell is a bear cat? A bear cat? <laughs> That's what I they're called. Know, they're man. called the Sam Houston State Bearcats. Is it a real thing, do you think? I have no idea. I'm simply going to look it up. Bearcat. Okay. It's a real thing. And its real name is a word that I don't know how to say. Binturong? Wikipedia says, the this is B-I-N-T-U-R-O-N-G, the Binturong, I don't know, also known as Bearcat, is a, here's another word I don't know how to say. V-I-V-E-R-R-I-D. Give that one a shot. V- V-I-V-E-R-R-I-D. Oh, I'll spell it one more time. I. V-E-R-R-I-D. The Binturong, also known as Bearcat, is a viverid native to South and Southeast Asia. It is uncommon in much of its range and has been assessed as vulnerable on the IUCN red list because of a declining population, blah, blah, blah. Um, It's a really ugly looking thing. Here's a picture. I yeah, that embodies a lot of Sam Houston State people. It's a little scary looking. It looks kind of amazing. Sorry, Sam Houston picture. State fans that we're talking trash about you and your mascot. About a picture that you can't see because this is an audio-only podcast. Um, but anyways. Anyways. I'm actually going Incarnate Word on this one. I think I'm going to agree with you. I think Incarnate Word will have another really good year. Um... Again, they really haven't played many FCS 
team, so we really can't gauge how good yeah. they are. So, but I think they continue their Southland success and get away with a win against Sam Houston State. I'll agree. All right, next game: Austin P versus East Tennessee State. Now, East Tennessee State just came off of a loss to VMI in overtime. And the game was on a, I want to say it started at the same time JSU did and was in a three-hour delay. They didn't start play back until about, until after our game was uh, over. What is that? I have absolutely no idea. Sorry, guys, if it sounds like somebody is... Banging pots and pans against the wall somewhere? I, I don't even know how to explain the noise. Yeah, sorry about that. I don't know if that translated in the audio, but if it didn't, somebody, it sounded like they were banging pots and pans against the wall somewhere. Yeah. A couple rooms down. Anyways, what were you saying? The, the ET, basically the ETSU game last week against VMI didn't get over until about 1 a.m. in the, 1 a.m. Sunday morning. Yeah, that's tough. But they were on a three, four hour weather delay. That's tough for any team. Um, ETSU is a young program, correct? Well, they recently, yes, but they played football until the late 90s, early 2000s, yes, and, then, and then disbanded football and then recently brought so it this back. Current is it's a new program, this current program. Yes. Um, I think it's in its fourth year Yeah, something like of being earned, brought back. They earned a lot of respect for me last year uh, when they should have beat us but fumbled in the end zone. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> they really fumbled in the end zone for the loss. Oh, man. That was a stressful game. But they earned a lot of respect for me that day, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them the dub on this one. I'm actually going to go opposite. Yeah? I'm going to pick Austin P. Because we play Austin P. next week. They need a good win going into JSU to make it a good game. So, I'm going Austin P. for the second week in a row. Alright, our final game. UNA at JSU. We already know I'm picking JSU. We both know we're both picking JSU. Yes. But the question is, what will your score be? I have not decided. I want to put up a lot of points. That I can go ahead and tell you that's not going to happen. We will not break 35. I would really like to be in a position where we can put in Zion for like a quarter. That would be awesome because I am really scared that Zarek is going to get hurt. Well, I think Zion will get some playing time regardless. Yeah. I would like to get him um, see like or I would like to see him get a pretty good amount of playing time just because it's I'm just scared. I'm scared that Zarek's going to get hurt. I'm going to knock on wood right now. Um so you don't think JC's breaking 35? No. Do you have a score prediction? A full, complete score prediction? 
I do, actually. I'm going JSU 31, UNA 17. I think... False. Oh! 31-20. A little closer. Just a little closer. Give them an extra field goal. Two field goals. Mm-hmm. Wow. I think but, we are going to break 35. I'm going to give us... Forty-two. Twenty. Okay. Forty-two, twenty. Twenty-two tops. points. Yeah. I think this game will surprise some people. I think it'll be a lot like last week. Except it'll be back and forth. Last until- week meeting UTC. No, EWU. Meaning, you think this game's going to be like the EWU game? In what way? Same environment, same atmosphere, same energy. Definitely not score. Okay. Definitely not score. You just mean atmosphere-wise. Yes. Okay. Um, Maybe. Maybe the student section will actually stay. Oh my god, don't get me started on the student section. I have a few words for y'all in a minute. Um, I'm just going to say that... It'll be back and forth until the fourth quarter, and then JSU will pull away. I'm, I'm thinking going into the fourth quarter, it'll be 21-20, and then JSU scores another touchdown and gets a field goal. I think we're up by at least seven. Like, That's right. You don't have much experience with UNA. No. Your freshman year was 2017, wasn't it? Twas. Twas. Uh, I think we'll be up by two touchdowns going to the fourth quarter. I don't think it's going to be – I think it's going to be pretty obvious that we're the better football team. For most oh, for the- sure. But I just don't see us running away with this as easily as people think. I mean, I'm not expecting a blowout, but what was my prediction? 42-20? to 20? Yeah. Yeah, I'm That's expecting us to be – That's not a blowout. That is a blowout in my, in my mind. Didn't we set a mark for a blowout? One no. episode? We did. No, we didn't. We did, because... Um, it was I've listened to every single episode. We no. have, We did not. The episode before the Sela game, we were discussing what a blowout is, and Dubs said five touchdowns is a blowout. I don't remember that. I remember that. But I don't think 42-20 is a blowout. Especially if it's close going to the fourth quarter, which I think it's going to be a, a two-touchdown game going to the fourth quarter. This game makes me nervous like last week. This I am not nearly as worried about this game as Eastern Washington. No, but I think you, I am still nervous because I have a history with UNA. Yeah, I don't, so I'm feeling pretty okay. It's going to be a good game. It'll be a good game. Uh, so, we've given predictions. Uh, did you want to talk about the student section real quick before we wrap it up? Listen here. Ooh. I told y'all to show up after y'all left during halftime for the UTC game to go party. You lost all faith in our Gamecocks when you saw the score 28-7 to 
at the end of the first quarter. And I guarantee you about 100 of y'all left. And then after halftime, there were maybe 20 to 30 students left in that stands. Y'all are absolutely pathetic and horrible people. You don't support your team. I'm sorry if I piss y'all off. But the fact of the matter is, y'all make us look bad and make us look like we have the most, just the most horrible student section ever in college football. Show up to this game. It's a rivalry game. You're going to have a student section from UNA as well coming to this game. You need to show that you support your team just as much as those students support UNA's team. Because the past two home games for UNA, that student section did not leave until the game was over. And they have a pretty big student section. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I'm done. I got it off my chest. There you go. I'm good. I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit. Um, Our student section has never been fantastic. So this isn't them leaving. Except in the the playoffs. Yeah, them leaving after the first quarter wasn't a huge surprise to me. We were losing. I think Alabama was playing. Auburn might have been playing. Auburn started playing at 6.30, but they were playing Kent State. Yeah. Um, it was very hot. There's definitely reasons that Alabama's game was done by the, end of the bar, by the end of our first quarter. Okay. So, I don't understand why they left. I, I understand that there are reasons that they'll say they left. Um, and I'll call BS on them every single time. I still... I'm of the mind. I personally, if I go to a sporting event, I will stay no matter what. Like, even if we're down by a hundred points going into the fourth quarter, I'm gonna stick around. That's just a I personal, may not pay attention, but I'm gonna stay the entire time. I, I stay the entire time. Um, some people said that the students got hot. And they went to the home side. I don't. There were that. a few that did move. Yeah, but I, I don't. So buy overall, that. our student section was bigger than what was in our actual yeah. student section. But I don't buy that. That's the biggest reason. That no, the student section. That's was just an excuse for some people. I will say though, um, we're generalizing the student section here. There are people who stayed. You said about twenty to thirty, and the ones that stayed were the ones that were into it, and they they were great. Um, I was talking to a buddy of mine who, and I can't remember the name of, they're the ones that paint up. And cock Flock. Stick, cock Flock, that's what they're called. A buddy of mine who's in the Cock Flock. And What's the, his name? Noah. He said that the t- he would rather have those 20, 30 people that stayed than a whole student section that just wasn't into the game. Because those 20, 30 people were really engaged, and they were really cheering. I agree. Now, the ones that moved, there were, I would probably say our student section was probably around 100. So, I would imagine that it would be about 100 people total that stayed with our student section. Um, But still, that student section was full at the beginning of the game. Yeah. And everybody that left missed what I is one of the best football games in JSU history. Oh, absolutely. Like, not talking about biggest wins in JSU history, but just literally the best football game in JSU history. Mm-hmm. 
I don't want to say the student section. Figure your stuff out, man. Um, Absolutely, you we, need to get your crap together and stay for this yeah. game, if not any other game, for the rest of the season. If you're gonna come to a sporting event, watch the sporting event. Uh, don't just come for a little bit, throw some vape clouds in the air, and then leave after the first quarter. Uh, stay, watch, cheer on your Gamecocks because you guys are an important part of the game. You know, um, it's an atmosphere thing. That's why you have home field advantage, right? Is It's because there's an atmosphere, there's a home fans, there's a student section that's supposed to berate and be problematic for the other team. Um, just stick around. Tell your friends to stick around. Uh, final thoughts on today's episode. Anything else? It was a good episode. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, I have one final thought. Uh, Coctopus was not at the Sela game. But he's been in every other game. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not trying to make any statements, but is there correlation? Is there causation? Who knows? Uh, that's all I got. Anything else? Uh, follow our Instagram and Twitter pages, at um, cocky underscore nation. Uh, give us a like and join our Facebook group. Um yeah, that's where we post all of our updates for episodes and um, facts about the athletes on JSU uh, for the, on the JSU teams. So yeah, if you want to keep up with JSU sports, give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter, and become a member of our Facebook page. All right, through the beak, go Cox, Cox 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 Yes. Yeah.